pod i'm Kristen. i'm here with kate and chris we were supposed to have miranda but she's gone to bed um it's friday it is it's really late to be in her defense i mean it's late for her it's an hour later for you guys and you guys were like can we push it later (laughs) so i we had to cook food um no i it's fine she gave me my sandwich and then she laid down on the couch that's and then fine. I was like, oh no, she's gone. <laughs> We've lost her. So yeah, Miranda went to bed because she's a, a little tired burb. Um, and I had to pick up a dog crate, so I had to drive. And she just kept drinking. <laughs> so, I mean, who, who could blame her? That was, a, that was correct. As, um, as you said, it's Friday. <laughs> that it, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> she wasn't driving anywhere. She walked down to... Hashtag Daddy Mojo's, which is the dive bar down the street from us. Blessing sandwich. Um, what? Uh, speaking of drinking, what are you guys drinking right now? Uh, I, as as Kate gestures at me to go first, I'm drinking rum. Uh, oh. It is uh, the rum that I've had on the pod before. I think uh, it's uh, Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva. Uh, I want to say it's out of Venezuela. Um, but it's like really pretty sweet uh, with kind of like a caramelized banana taste to it with like a little bit of chocolate mm. aftertaste. It's really good. God, that sounds good. It's mm-hmm. super good. It's very affordable because rum is cheap because racism. Yep. That's right. Check what about it. you, mom? I am having a... Please don't explode. <laughs> a, a... Did you just open that can twice? There were like there were two. Well, I oh, opened she, it halfway and it then I lost good. my grip. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, and she so didn't I, make sure it wasn't going to explode. Exactly. I am having um, a lemon Trader Joe's brand White Claw because Chris yes. gave away. I only have lemon because they didn't have pomegranate at the store, and Chris gave away my last pomegranate White Claw to our shithead friend who didn't this want to drink. This was solidly. More than a week and a half ago. Yeah. This happened. And I wasn't able to drink she, my White Claw because I was sick. People don't forget. So, <laughs> fuck you, man. The North remembers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm drinking three-way IPA again by Fort George. Um, but new this week, we we had uh, two friends of the pod who will never listen to the podcast over. Um, it's Sophie and Tommy were over. <laughs> And uh, Tommy, our uh, wonderful friend, uh, looks at the three-way IPA can and he goes, are they bros or are they gay? Because <laughs> it's the one with the three cats on it. And I just looked at them and I was like, Tommy, they're cats. And he was like, I know, but if they weren't cats, are they bros so, or are they gay? So and what you're like, saying is... You know what? You're so right. And we determined that the one in the jumpsuit playing the saxophone is a bro. And the one playing the tambourine is gay with the one wearing the flannel playing the triangle. 
I mean, that's what okay. Yes, yeah. that is that's just correct. It's not even subtext. I know. <laughs> yes, I'm like first of all, they're cats, but and Miranda just goes, cats can be gay. I'm like, I didn't say cats couldn't be gay, but they're not bros because bros are cute. Whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, <laughs> that was very funny, and thank God for Tommy for asking the important questions. Tommy will never listen to this podcast. Although I did drag him today and say Tommy doesn't know what a podcast is, and he said I listen to podcasts every morning. And I was like, "Fuck me, then you are the best, Tommy. He is the best." Um, <laughs> great, we love Tommy on this podcast. Um, are we? Should we Star Wars? Oh, I just one small no, thing. No Star Warsing. Uh, so, hey, it is it is Star Wars related. Um, if I keep meaning to mention this on the actual podcast, and then I don't because my brain is still full of holes because of existential panic over teaching children. It's fine. But uh, if y'all haven't checked it out yet, Star Wars Rep Matters now has a shiny new website as of a few weeks ago, and we've been posting like fairly often uh, just some opinion pieces and various things. We've got, um, I just self-plug just wrote up a little rant about the uh ending of star wars resistance which i will never forgive ever so upset ever so upset i will never I was forgive like, it ever i was i was legitimately like fuming on wednesday thursday morning whatever day it was it he was went on a tweet rant and he's like off twitter right now mm-hmm. um, um yeah i went on a more serious. aggressive tweet rant than i usually do it was very reasonable, I thought, Chris. Well, then I out. calmed down. It was still... I, I'm still irked. Uh, so My original one was not reasonable. <laughs> nice. So that's up. Um, our uh, our friend um, at um, Fourth Wall, he just... I think he just posted his um, post just worshipping at the feet of Ray Sloan's. And I know we've got lots of Ray Sloan fans listening, so definitely check that out. And yeah, we've got big plans in the works we've got uh new contributors who are all fucking awesome and we are looking forward to bringing you a lot of really cool content so go shove that in your rss feeds or whatever the fuck people do these days <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you're not looking at star wars red matters stop listening to this podcast and go look at star wars red matters if you unless you're driving for one thing go do that not this yeah seriously <laughs> i'm not kidding Oh god. But like in a safe way. Yes. Um I also didn't say what we were reading. We're reading I, Master I, and Apprentice by Claudia <laughs> Gray. Chapters twelve through twenty five. I, I thought you might have missed that, but you know, I I was gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. I of course did not say it. I and... went on a rant and talked about <laughs> cats. It's fine. Um should we talk about how stupid the Pajal Treaty is? Oh, and how right the opposition is with their fucking my god fuckboy balloons. I love it. Uh, yes. Um. So yeah, this is a problem. <laughs> it's fucking rail. Is the goddamn he's, worst. He's a bad Jedi, and also a bad person. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. correct. That's a correct. <laughs> estimate of the situation which is why i was like oh i like this guy i was like what 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 did he do what is he going to do and here it is he's just like oh 
shall I just um, encapsulate the institution of slavery into the uh, governance structure of this entire planet forever and ever? Yeah, sure. That sounds fine. Um, what? <laughs> Why would you? What? Yeah, I know we're going to continue to drag him more and we've been dragging him constantly as we always do, but like why does like Yoda agree with him? Yoda's so <laughs> Rail is the worst Jedi ever except for every other Jedi, especially Yoda. I just yeah, no. He's just like, yeah, no. Qui-Gon calls him up in the middle of the fucking night and he's like, "Bro, they are trying to perpetuate slavery here for always and forever." And he's like, which but is the illegal TM. I know. But he but and Yoda's over here like, but the highway. I know. And Yoda <laughs> Yoda like just falls into this like false equivalency of, well, we're either gonna have it or we're not gonna have it. Like, no, you can change the treaty. Like it's not signed yet. That's the point. You can fix it. Right. That's why this dumb idiot is calling you. Like he's literally like, Hey, can I get a help? And he's like, oh, no, there's only one fucker on the council right now. And it's it's the frog that hates me. <laughs> only, a, only a Sith deals with absolutes except for Yoda. Blah, blah, blah. I just, Yoda is the worst. And he comes up with this bullshit. Well, uh. I don't I don't think you should be so judgmental because some species are arachnids and eat their young. So maybe don't judge people for alternative lifestyles. And I, can't. I just it's so fucking stupid. It's so fucked up. It's I... so fucked up. I can't like I almost I was like reading it and I was like if this wasn't correct characterization, I would be like why the fuck was this written and then I'm like this is just so Yoda, and I'm so angry, and he's such a piece of shit. Yep. Yep. Um, as a big side note, I really enjoyed finally finally meeting the opposition, uh, especially because uh, we've been told throughout the book so far that they are a troop of fucking performance artists. Theater and... kids fuck. What? I said theater kids fuck. Yeah, they do. Um, but also... <laughs> Listen, no offense to people who do performance art or who are into that, but it's like, honest to God, just the weirdest form of like, cr like creative expression that probably exists right now, as you can see by the many examples in this book. And I was just waiting to meet this giant pack of weirdos, and I was not disappointed in the fucking slightest. Like, the the bit where Qui-Gon's like, you're sure you're not terrorists? And this bitch is like, that guy plays the fucking drums. No, we are not terrorists. <laughs> it was my it was my most favorite yeah. thing. Oh, um, I can't. Like, I have it on. Next time we're together. Not biblically. Next time we're in the same room. I oh, my will. God. Sorry, I hate saying the next time we're together. Um, okay. I will play. Sorry, I'm gonna cut that out. Am I? Um, I will play you the audiobook because oh it God. makes it makes the uh, guy who says like Doc Pye's a drummer sound like like I the accent I just did. It makes oh, him sound God. like a fucking turtle from Finding Nemo. Oh my God! Amazing. We're not terrorists. That guy's a drummer. Oh I'm my like, I. It's the worst, but also it made me laugh so hard. I mean, it's not wrong. Certainly. I'm like, it paint. It certainly fucking paints the picture, doesn't it? <laughs> Chris, I, 
fucking rocking back in his chair right now and also like booping has been booping his fucking potato on his desk and making squeaky noises i they're not getting picked up by the mic because i can hear myself i hate you so much continue um i was just gonna say i i realized why it had to happen for story reasons but i'm really sad that we didn't meet hale and azuka earlier than we did Mm -hmm. true because i feel like she's such an interesting character that we just don't get a ton of she really is and she really like did a great job it was really funny because they were like uh you got like a fucker that i don't agree with avros was like you got worked over by this gal and they were like maybe so (laughs) 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 but i was like oh uh okay great we're all that nobody every everyone's lying great cool no one's lying i don't understand i mean i do understand but i it was very funny because i was like yeah she seems very trustworthy and then like Rao was like you fucking got worked the like she worked you over knows what to say to you and i was like oh that's it that's also that's that's probably true i should also not trust people as a reader of this book but but she worked them over with facts yeah like like Rail is notoriously not the best judge of character since he kind of hates everybody. True. Just a He's little just, bit. Cannot emphasize this enough. He is the worst. <laughs> like, he is so... It's, it's really interesting that we are learning more about... Like, he's kind of the poster child for learning more about the various spectrums of, like, Jedi. Because obviously you've always had the platonic ideal of starting with obi-wan and yoda and then qui-gon was kind of like the hippie platonic ideal uh who didn't like labels uh in phantom menace but like now we have rail who is like not dark side but just terrible it's true um my favorite part of this besides him throwing a whole fucking tantrum and not listening to qui-gon because that's always a good choice uh <laughs> is qui-gon like is like oh god i had the weirdest fucking dream i'm gonna go talk to rail about it walks in that's boobies <laughs> he's fucking i love how rail was like i get why he walked in but fucking rude <laughs> incredible um honestly but was- the best thing he's done in this book right uh, I was also interested in their conversation about, uh, you know, whether Jedi are meant to be completely celibate or just not be in, you know, deep romantic relationship or whatever the fuck. Because um, obviously Rail is banging the innkeep for stress relief or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Um, but he and just... who knows who else? Yes. Um but he accuses Qui-Gon of, like, having been in love with somebody in the past. And um, I see you asking Keeks on the outline if we know who that is, and we do not. But it, it does kind of pr- uh, present this interesting wrinkle in Qui-Gon's character, I think. Especially knowing um, Obi-Wan's history with uh, Satine and what happens with Kanan and Hera and all this other shit. Yeah, I love how Obi... Like, I mean, uh, man, it's hard that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have names that rhyme that are both hyphenate because <laughs> they get like, it's already hard for me to keep things straight. Anyway, um, 
They said people since you were like 10, but okay. I know. Sorry. Um, I know, but it's just, listen, I struggle. <laughs> oh um, <my> God. <laughs> but it, Qui-Gon's like, yeah, I was in love, but you're just fucking. And Rail's like, yeah, you shouldn't have fucking been in love, my dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what, is that who, a point who, in your favor? Pot, pot kettle black glass house rocks. Yep. Etc. All of them. Hate All it right. when you throw the kettle at that glass house. That's right. <laughs> Don't throw the kettle at the glass house unless you want to break the ceiling. <laughs> That's how it goes. That got weird. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but do we? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who cares about this because I'm because I'm shipper trash. But do we? I don't know. Do do we have feelings about Qui Gon's? I don't know reaction of like straight up like anger and shame regarding his sordid youth or whatever the fuck. It tells me it's a stupid fucking rule. You don't say. You mean the Jedi have stupid yes. rules? Wait. Yeah. No way. <laughs> and I mean, and obviously we're true. getting more of this, and who knows what's going to happen to the Jedi as an institution after Rise of Skywalker comes out. But the fact that, like, it's clearly unspoken that everybody breaks this rule anyway, and Jedi we just fuck. don't talk about it. Jedi just fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like Master Braylon had a fucking kid in dooku jedi lost and like at the end of the day his relationship with padme and like feeling boxed in like he needed to hide it was part of what drove anakin to the dark side and so like again like they 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 grilled the hot dog and threw it on the floor and then picked it up chris they grilled the hot dog kate fucking metaphor i'm never gonna let this metaphor go they're just they're they're to use a more Star Wars, uh, for is this Star Wars? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it is. It's Thrawn. Uh, they are the architects of their own destruction. Wow. I was like, I know it's familiar. Who said it? It's Thrawn. It's of course, Thrawn. it is. Only he would talk about architecture. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's no one so. Ever... I mean, what does it tell me about no Obi Teen? No one else in history has ever been the architect of their own destruction, so it has to be no. Star Wars. It's yep. True. No, Star Wars is definitely not about that. It's it's not a trope we see. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, about Obi Teen, it tells me that if Qui Gon had been more open about his past relationships, maybe Obi Wan would have been more open with Anakin about his past relationships. Maybe Anakin wouldn't have gone crazy. Anakin I'm probably still would have gone crazy because he's an idiot. I mean, fair point. I I am like at this point, uh, I'm reading. Brene Brown on the side and all she does is talk about shame and vulnerability and how <laughs> shame is like dangerous for um human relationships and therefore like dangerous for like generally like creating toxic culture and I'm just over here just being like this is this is this is that <laughs> right yeah. wait nutshell. which book are you reading um Darren Greatly yeah Brene Brown's yeah. the best if you don't she know who is. we're talking about look her up she is even if you think you don't like self-help books you can she's, benefit from literally any of the books that she's written. So it's true. Um, she go on YouTube and just look up her TED talks because she's a um social psychology psychology researcher and literally she, her um specialties are shame and vulnerability, which sounds like you don't want to listen to it, but you do. 
Kate, what do you think it tells us about Canera specifically? I mean, Canera is just like the poster relationship for how, um, you know, a a respectful and loving and balanced partnership can really bring out the best in everyone involved in that. Um, it's it's always been interesting to me that uh, Kanan just, um, you know, when he when he stopped being a Jedi, just like threw that threw threw all the rules out the window and then cherry picked the cherry picked the ones that he felt actually mattered. Uh, which he did pretty well, honestly. Yeah, I was um, gonna say. Yeah, and I mean that. I mean, and that was Devapalala's influence. If you haven't read the Kanan comics, definitely do, because it talks about his relationship with his master when he was a Padawan. But yeah, like he, he's he's he's. I mean, he has the benefit of having lived in the real world uh, and knows what. I suppose the Jedi kind of got wrong and what they didn't. I think he has a clearer perspective on all of that as opposed to Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan who, you know, as they say, repeatedly in the book, this is all they've ever known. Yeah. So. I would also argue that, like, not only does being in a relationship not hurt him, but it, but Hera gives him the balance and the selflessness that he needs to really become mm-hmm. a true Jedi. Absolutely. And, I mean, and he has the emotional maturity and self-awareness, you know, towards the end of the series, which I... Canon doesn't die, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where he's just like, I can't... You know, when he's talking to Ezra about saving Hera from um, the Empire's evil clutches, um, he's like, this is... My emotions are going to be clouded my judgment, so I need you to, to, to take point on this. And that's an emotional maturity that I think, prob- like, hardly any of the Jedi honestly have, so... Yeah, absolutely. You should be allowed to be in a relationship, but only if you're in therapy. What? Oh, yeah. what? Well, because it takes his... The fact that they don't need, quote-unquote, to hide it, I think takes the shame out of it. And, like, kind of how you were talking about with Brene Brown. Like, mm. honestly, a lot of, like, self-help stuff does go into it because what drives, uh, you know, Qui-Gon to feel anger is his shame what drives rail to do all of this shit is his shame over what happened to nim what drives anakin is his shame over his relationship with padme but at the end of the day it's like that shame morphs into selfishness and a desire to protect oneself and like and and it becomes not love of the other person but like selfishness and protecting of yourself like if you think about an attack of the clones when uh see where's miranda uh if you think about an attack of the clones when padme falls out of the gunship and anakin like is about to quit the jedi order and jump out the window after her like literally rage quit and jump out the window (laughs) yes but literally he does not say like she is in danger he says i need her and it's in addition to being bad writing, I think it's very telling where Anakin's head is at when the chips are down. Like he loves Padme, but like he loves Padme because she makes him feel good, worthy, whatever, whatever word you want to use. Or with her, he's allowed to feel literally anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's removing that shame is crucial for Kanan's connection to the force. I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think like in a, fucked up way like 
the the repression that like the Jedi are meant to go through like makes I think like this this is what both of you said already but it like it makes them more susceptible to the dark side that they don't have like mm-hmm. this kind of like good round idea and understanding around their feelings right it's that like feelings are bad yeah <laughs> don't exactly have feelings um and yeah. like it it puts them in such a terrible position to like when when if they finally like get that first taste of power like if they're you know at all susceptible to like falling into that trap of what that feels like you know they they're taught as jedi like as soon as you go after power like it's bad right but it i think it's like such human nature to feel that and like just saying it's bad you can't like explore that is like part of why at least like in in what we know if they can and so far like so many folks who were in the jedi sorry i'm belching into the mic so many folks who are in the (laughs) jedi order um like end up turning at least away from the jedi order if not to the dark side Right, yeah, no, it's it's definitely less about here's how to manage emotions because they are normal, and I'm going to put these in a box and shoot into space and then blow it up. Yep. Yeah. And also, I think it applies beyond romantic relationships, too, and it applies to family because look at Luke. Like, in Return of the Jedi, it's his love for his friends that helps him make the correct decision that he needs to go face vader and the emperor and it's his love for his father and his belief and attachment to his father that makes him sorry i just burped um (laughs) we're all about to be like that that helps him overcome the pull of the dark side and beat the emperor and beat the emperor's plan and so it's there's just so much evidence that the aspect of the Jedi code that dictates that you have no attachments and that you don't love is like not only useless, but counterproductive. Right. I mean, the, if, if the Skywalker saga has told anything, it's that like love is probably like the most ultimate act of hope there is. And so (laughs) maybe let's, let us experience that, you know, whether that's for your found family or, you know, your or whatever the hell else like that it's just such a central theme of star wars that if you can't have star wars if you take it out this is why i'm really glad that ryan is getting (laughs) wide open space for his new trilogy Mm. because Mm -hmm. i thought that ryan got the difference between being a jedi and being a traditional jedi and loving people and having relationships really down pat in the last jedi with how ray's selflessness is born out of her love for others absolutely and i mean rose fucking says it so yeah it's so true um now that we've totally dismantled uh everything the jedi order was built on allegedly um what should the role of the jedi be (laughs) 
um, to fucking yeet themselves into the ether. <laughs> uh, maybe like saying no to slaves would be like a great tenant. No, we can't have that one. No, that's oh no. Oh, oh. Uh, I know. Fuck no. me. Okay, great. It's so. I feel like it's carved on the inside of that the last Jedi tree. It just says like <laughs> no fucking slaves, you dumb idiot Jedi's. But like they miss that. So. Yeah, I mean it's this commitment to the ideals and. Kristen, I don't know, was it you or Kate who wrote this last point in this topic? Which one? Oh, the, the ones about, one about Nazis it, being bad. Yes. Who do you think it was? It was me. <laughs> I assume. I, 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 well, I figured well, better than I didn't want to assume. So I wrote Prescient, so it was fair for Chris to assume it was not me. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, self-burn. Aww. Kristen, do you want to talk about that point? Because I think that it is an absolutely perfect analogy sure um and the reason it was top of mind for me just to be totally transparent is um you guys all know this i'm a huge soccer fan and um the mls came out with a stupid fuck shit policy that was like there's no quote-unquote like political uh like signage and language and stuff in uh it's not allowed in any mls stadiums (laughs) which God. Obvi- obviously like they get millions of dollars from the military every year to like do flyovers and army you know you know all of this stuff anyway so um it this kind of all started when like the not to be like yay portland but um <laughs> we were told we weren't allowed to fly the iron front flag anymore um and it's a historically uh, anti-fascist symbol and mm. we're all really angry about it and basically everybody's like fascism is bad nazis are bad that's not a political we're not making a political statement when we say that no like, that shouldn't be that's a fact <laughs> right <laughs> they're um, bad yeah what you know and, and like that they're if you're interested at all in any of that, um, uh, a lot of the independent supporters group um, around the MLS and the NWSL are uh, working together to to see what we can do about that and um, kind of th- throw. I mean, the, we're we're the folks who who make that uh, organization run. We buy the tickets and and the merch and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hashtag a united front, um, and it's all basically the independent supporters uh groups around the mls and some of the nwsl which is the women's league um so if you're interested in any of that look it up um but i (laughs) i was like yoda no slavery is not a political opinion (laughs) like oh man that's not what it is just Mm -hmm. like we're not it's not political speech for us to say fascism is bad inside a major league soccer stadium right so fuck you yoda (laughs) and also nazis are bad and fascism (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and like to me it's it is the classic you know it's the hole that the mainstream democratic party has like gotten itself into and the media willingly plays into with fuck me uh you know the real problem is that everybody's just rude you know, calling people Nazis is rude. Can't we use other words than racist? Like, can't we use, like, 
racially tinged like whatever the fucking new york times does these days like and it's like no like these are not these are not hard questions these are not big philosophical questions like the murder of entire groups of people based on race ethnicity etc is bad that's not a debate enslaving people again there there are issues because it's a galaxy there are different species and whatever but as qui-gon says this is humans enslaving humans enslaving members of your own society for no reason other than a corporation wants you to is bad that's not a political opinion and that's not something that like the jedi should be like oh take no sides can please don't ever do that again that was horrid that was my Yoda voice. Can eat my ass in case that wasn't clear Chris. that was dreadful and i'm frightened Continue. <laughs> can, we name, can we name this episode Fascist Yoda Could Eat My Ass? Yes. Oh my god, yes. Because <laughs> it's it's true. Um, and he's so he's such a fucking hypocrite because when Qui-Gon's like, what if we didn't have slavery? Yoda's like, oh, do you want to rule? Sounds like fascism to me. I know. Well, can we, can we talk? I have it on the... Um, do I have it on the... Yes, you have, I have it on the outline. All cap screaming. Go on. I this do is a great have point. All cap screaming. This is a great uh, point. I I was like, wait, so like Qui Gon is on the correct side of this when he calls Yoda up in the middle of the night, and he's for some reason Yoda's available. Um, does he sleep? Frogs don't sleep. Frogs, frog, no sleepy frog. Um, <laughs> anyway, we see. One of the first things we see Qui-Gon do in, in, like, episode one, not one of the first things, but, like, one of our first, you know, in the timeline of shit that we've seen Qui-Gon do, one of the <laughs> yes. first things that we've seen Qui-Gon do is be like, I will take this chosen boy, and I will use the force to get him, and I'm not going to save his mom, even though they're both slaves. And I'm like... Isn't this the damn ass opposite of like <laughs> literally all the shit that he's talking about? Or am I like fucking smoking spice over here? Like what, what is going on? <laughs> what, what? And I want to know like what happened to Qui-Gon that made him like slavery is bad and we shouldn't have it. And like say to himself, like, and I know we don't have the, I don't, I don't have the benefit of have having read the whole book, but He's like, okay, if Yoda says we can't, like, I can't be supreme leader and stop all slavery, which is not what I was trying to do anyway, um, then, like, I will do what I can to stop slavery in this way. Like, what happened between then and when he's like, ah, I guess you can go fuck yourself, Shmi. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it, is, it boggles the mind. I think... Part of it is that he's old and jaded. These are reasons, not excuses, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. nothing yeah. excuses no, that. Um, yeah, like just, like, just so we're all very fucking clear. Slavery, is, as we have been saying, is fucking bad. Retweets uh, of Qui-Gon's actions are not endorsements. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think part of it is that he's older and he's more jaded. I think 
part of it is because he's older and more jaded, he does not want to cause a galactic incident or whatever the fuck with the huts because that would be bad. Um, like, is that worse than slavery? Extremely fucking debatable, but I think that's part, probably part of his reasoning. I think, th- I think third of all, he is so fucking, like, gobsmacked by the fact that he thinks he found the chosen one that he's like, let me just, like, hurry the fuck this child off this shitty sand planet so we can this poke it. Away. <laughs> yeah, so we can, like, fucking do, a, like, a fucking vivisection of him or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's his obsession with the prophecy. Mm-hmm. I and think that makes sense. I mean, we start seeing that here, and I'm sure we'll see it more during this. And, like, I would like to repeat, it's not good by any stretch, but I think probably all these things are at play here. But, yeah, no, he's he's a fucking hypocrite, and it's fucking bad. Yeah. No question. And, I mean, on the one hand, like, for all their faults, Qui-Gon has chosen to remain a Jedi. Uh, That is, and he says to Obi-Wan, it's a conscious choice to be a Jedi, but he also so like he knows immediately that regardless of what happens to her shmi will have no part in anakin's life like there is no scenario in which they continue to have a relationship while anakin is a jedi um however again that's not to excuse it because you know what you could do help her not be a slave again like there's not it's not an either or situation here literally anything besides like Gotta take your son. See you never. I know. Like, like smell you later, Shmi. Yeah. 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 No. God, that pisses me off. Yeah. No, it's you know it. It 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 always sat funny with me. It sat funny with me when I was a kid, but like as I get older, I just every time I watch it, I'm just like I'm so fucking angry. Yeah. Um, very bad. So wait. So let's get back to the original question of what should how how what should the role of the Jedi be? How should they figure out what their role should be? What do y'all think? Oh no, ask somebody besides yourselves, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. This is like white people trying to solve diversity and inclusion all over again. Bruh. <laughs> it's too fucking real. The other thing is that like they're always just like, oh, politicians are so evil and we don't want to be entwined with the government. We are a separate entity. And I'm like, no, you're not. You are literally the Senate's bitches. Maybe stop doing that. Well, and they're like, we serve the Republic, not the other way around. And I'm like, Okay, so, like, you can't say you're apolitical and also say that you serve the Republic. Those... I mean, yeah. The, you... That... that Serving the Republic is not being apolitical. That's serving the Republic. <laughs> yeah, that is standing on the side of the status quo. That is a political action. Right. And it's... Uh... Yeah, no. Uh, funnily enough, doing do, doing nothing is, is a decision you make. Blah, blah, blah. If we haven't learned that by now, I don't know when we will. Um, but yeah, also, I certainly haven't. Uh, Jesus, I honestly, the thing with the Jedi is like sometimes I'm just like, literally pick any anything and stick to it and be consistent because at least that would be a start. <laughs> no fucking, but like everybody fucks, so yeah. their their stances. We say no fucking. <laughs> Well, to me, it's interesting because, like, obviously, you have these different views, right? Like, Qui Gon thinks they should, they should, they should fight the big fights. They should abolish slavery. They should, you know, do what's right, take the big stands. Well, like, slavery is allegedly supposed to be abolished. So, like, I'm with Qui Gon in that fight that he's like, "Why don't we just 
enforce the fucking law then. And Yoda's See, like, why don't you enforce the law on my ass? <laughs> it's very I loud. mean, really? I mean, it's it, it go. I think it's pretty obvious that you know any of the stories of any Star Wars story is born out of the imagination of people who have grown up, for the most part, in Western capitalistic societies, and all of the at like any government at any level you find in Star Wars is susceptible, therefore, to you know all the all the ills of capitalism that we have here because that's kind of what we can imagine, and so. You know, them being like, well, slavery is bad, but Zerka's a corporation and that's just their private property. Like, yikes. Yeah. So, really. Yikes.com. Yeah, no. So, um, basically, what the Jedi should do is be virulently um, anti-racist and speciesist and anti-capitalist. The end. Yeah. I mean, it's because, like, taking at face value, which one shouldn't, but taking at face value... (laughs) yoda's objection that like you think this is the right battle and even if it's the right battle you deciding for yourself what the right battle is is dangerous because power etc etc that's a fake argument but taking it at face at face value it's called having a conscience but go on yeah (laughs) so like that's that's one option if we think back to um dooku jedi lost and dark disciple dooku himself and um, Quinlan Voss are kind of both the why are we even talking about big things? Why don't we just find evil people like gangsters and kill them? <laughs> like, and that's and that's like kind of a different view. And there's these different views, and you know, it's it's all super hard because it's not like there's some all powerful, all knowing force that is trying to drive you toward the light that you could just ask. It's not like that. Oh, wait. Hold up a minute. <laughs> like, and I think like, this is. Bofa. I know, right? Oh, like, it's Jesus. so indicative of how badly the Jedi have lost their way that they're more tied to dogma than to what the Force is telling them. Like, I guarantee you, if Yoda asked the Force if he should allow these people to be sold into fucking slavery for, like, stealing a grapefruit. Like, I'm fairly comp... I'm I'm not a doctor, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. (laughs) I think that the Force would have said, hey, maybe, like, shake that Magic 8-Ball again. Oh, my God. You know? The Force would have said, if you're asking me this, I'm sending the Space Moose after you. You dumb frog. What a mood. Chris, I have to ask, why grapefruit? It's a melee. Couldn't tell you. (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> Just popped into my head. It's got, a, got all kinds of space fruit you could name. A grapefruit. Whoa. Grapefruit. Space grape. Yeah. Space grapefruit? Melu run, I assume. No, space, space grapefruit. Okay, great. Good talk. I remembered one thing, and he goes, no space <laughs> No, grapefruit. you did. <laughs> I was very proud of you, Kristen. <laughs> I know things. There's a whole fucking Rebels episode about literally Melu runs. <laughs> that there is. And thank God. And thus was born the greatest headcanon of all time called Hair Crave Malurin's non-fucking-stop while she's pregnant with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, we have, like, yep. other... 
Man, I'm so proud of us. We talked about like semi-cogent things on this episode. Should we talk about the prophecies? Sure. Speaking of, well, no. those. I have so many thoughts on the prophecies. These are not semi-cogent. It's like, go on you. Yeah, this is, did I write? No, I don't think I, oh, I did make the point and then someone said, Chris, this isn't Harry Potter. Yes, that was me. I'm excited. All right. Chris Chris has I feel a like I'm talking so ha- much Aren't this you guys episode? excited? Not only did I read the outline, but I like put points in the outline and then oh, we are read very it excited. again. <laughs> Usually I just put <laughs> points in the outline and don't read it. I feel bad because I just like happened to write a lot of this outline because I was the first one to get to it. And so I just I'm just talking a lot this episode. No, so. I don't I don't I actually think you're very well balanced this episode, Chris. Well, thank We've you. We've all talked about a lot of things. Sure have. But Chris. Hey, Chris. Fuck you. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, said, you're Don't doing fine. Her. But, you know, just for the record, for good measure, fuck you. Yep. Um, Eat my butt. Miranda said, uh, don't drag me too hard on the episode. I was like, Miranda, just go to sleep. We haven't even <laughs> no, dragged her at all. No one cares. Just, just, I mean, like, we miss you. But also, it, it it's Friday. You're supposed to get drunk. If you had Go a hard sleep. week, do do that. Go Honestly, when she said she was going to bed, I didn't even realize she was drunk. I kind of just assumed it was her bedtime. Yo, me too. <laughs> Yo, it was her bedtime is part of it. <laughs> oh my God. She was like, I'm just so tired. And I'm like, and, and also you've had like 15 IPAs probably, not 15, but whatever the small verb equivalent of that is. <laughs> it's fine. She brought me a sandwich. It was very groundbreaking. I yeah, it was, sandwiches. it was, this is, this is <laughs> apropos of nothing, but like, so I read that conversation in the group chat, uh, between you two and I was just like laughing and Kate was like, what? And I was like, Burb has Kristen sandwich. <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I showed her the conversation on my phone and I'm like, I gave you no additional context. This conversation is just Burb. Do you have my sandwich? <laughs> yes. Kristen responds, sandwich. Well, it was a picture of the sandwich. Yes. And then when the picture of the sandwich came, I identified it as the sandwich. Yes. So that's what it was. It was just just very typical. To be fair, that's like what most... No context exists, nor was required. Sometimes we talk about real things in the Slack for this podcast. In the text chain, no. Absolutely not. not. It's a no. It's just... It's shit a no post for memes. Me. It's shit Does post it... memes and like someone is drunk and has my sandwich. Yep. Is there a group chat in the world where people discuss real things? I don't Like a group so. text specifically? A lot of like my group texts with like my single friends or where some of my friends are single are like, what should I say to this person? Am I flirting? Amazing. And it's just like a bunch of like a couple people being like, you're doing it. You're doing great, sweetie. And I love it. The, the single people being like, why am I even fucking asking you idiots? And I, the rest of us being like, that is a great point. We're all idiots. That would absolutely be me. Yeah. Thank God I'm not single, man. I know. That'd be... Be... I thank God every day for that. I'm like, I don't know how I tricked a good person to being with me, but like, Thank God I don't have to date anymore because it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. God, if I was single, I would like make out with somebody at the end of the date and then like text the group chat. Wait, did that go well? Did I don't they know. Like me? Uh huh. Yeah, that's Miranda. Miranda's like, does my girlfriend <laughs> like me? Oh Sorry. My God. Sorry, Miranda's girlfriend. 
Um, well, check. We dragged her. <laughs> yeah, there yep, we go. We got it. We we waited long enough, and now here we are talking about the prophecies. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dooku, Dooku, speaking of things that get uh, Dooku nice and never mind. Um, oh, he Jesus. loves He loves the prophecies. He is literally- Get him like, nice and wrapped up. Yep. He's uh, nice and uh, very interested in them. I hate you guys so very much. Who made this point? It's Chris, it was me. which is why I'm waiting for him to Come fucking on, Chris, talk. Make a point. I, well, so, yeah, like, he is, again, in things we should have seen coming for a thousand, Alex. Like, <laughs> he, he is obsessed with the prophecies and, like, not in an academic way. Like, no, it's almost like he's just like, ooh. I would like to get back on heroin. Yeah, like maybe we should have checked his browser history. <laughs> Fuck. Like, but like I love he's how just, he's like, like has... so you're not allowed to look at these anymore. But like, from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like you're gonna like look at them later, maybe after you're a Jedi. And Qui Gon's like, yeah, maybe I don't fucking know. I'm like, <laughs> Qui Gon's like that had never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh like, I know. He's like. I don't know him, however old he was. He's like and, 13 and he's yeah, like, he's what? like a kid. And he's like a proper child. And then Duke is like, this is a good reason, <laughs> good of a reason as any to study these. Cause without me, uh, you could study them again in 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Or whenever Chris, the fuck. What are you doing to your potato? I'm squeezing it. Okay, but you were like crushing Doing what it. God intended. You were crushing it between your leg and the desk, and it was really weird. Okay, he's supposed mm -hmm. to do whatever he wants with the potato, so he does not. I'm like literally playing Tetris as we speak, so I get it. I understand what having. ADD I'm pretty sure is Kate's playing two dots. Okay, but neither of those things make that horrible fucking noise. Oh, see, well, I can't you won't hear let it. me have my phone out while we record. Yeah, but you're supposed to squeeze the potato. You're not supposed to let the, pot the potato touch anything except for yourself. This seems like a Jedi amount of rules for what I'm allowed to do with the potato. <laughs> Chris, um, I will stab you. Chris, I'm going to get you. I have a bunch of these, like, coil hair tie things that are, like, telephone Ooh. wires. Yes. That, like, are totally silent and, like, make me happy just, you like, playing with them, not doing anything else with them and making me noise so I'll, I'll send you some. yeah it sounds great he'll find yeah, a way to make great. a noisy i promise you i'm sure um, but like it's a lot better than a regular hair tie or uh or a rubber or a proper rubber band they're much more silent than those so i get it some of us have problems fidgeting and by that i mean literally everyone on this podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to be doing something or else we literally can't function um yep Anyway, but yeah, about Dooku. The prophecy like, is bad. <laughs> I was like, so I read Master and Apprentice when it first came out, which was about two weeks before Dooku Jedi Lost came out. I was a little disappointed there wasn't anything about the prophecies in Dooku Jedi Lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have no idea what is going on, really, in Dooku's brain when he is just, like, doing hits of prophecies or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, we know his life story, but we still don't really know what led him to the dark side. It seems like stress is the best, <laughs> right? the best answer we have. 
I'm just like, he seems like stressed that no one wants to listen to him, which like is a good, a terrible as reason as any to go to the dark side, honestly. Yeah. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> but yeah, so I just I really want to know me. what happened to make him hate the prophecies and then what drew him back, like besides Qui-Gon. Or was it literally like he pretended to hate the prophecies so that he like wouldn't let him do it and then it was literally like heroin where he was just like in a room where Qui-Gon was looking at him and it's like it's addiction do it I don't know kind of kind of seemed that way that that parting that parting shot as it were that we got from that flashback where he's just transfixed yeah so true um how did this next point is mine too how do I know how do they work yeah so like it's they're all in one holocron which like seems fake yeah like it's taken as gospel that these prophecies a are well i guess it's not taken as gospel because the people are very skeptical but like (laughs) it's they're a thing but like if they're all in one holocron how does that happen like the same holocron was not passed to the person who had the dream conveniently after they had the dream for them to record it like so was like were they relayed to people were they collected from various sources over the years and then put into the holocron like was it like was it like the king james bible where like half of it's mistranslated anyway like so it's just there's so much about the prophecies that is so really typical of the Jedi and like so far from the force and so wrapped up in Jedi bureaucracy that Um, like, I don't even know where to begin. I say, I mean, I say that and I hear that and I respect that, but Yoda has literally never really talked about the prophecies. So I respect them and think they're true. So so that leads you to believe that they have value. (laughs) (laughs) Yoda has literally never talked about them. So, I um I'm 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 a prophecy believer at this yeah. time. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. God. You know what? That's a strong argument, and I can't find any holes in it. <laughs> Jesus, um, Chris, it's probably like some mix of all of the above, honestly. In terms of like, where the fuck did they come from? How did they come to be recorded here? Where like, did I they come see from? People... Where did they go? Yes, I I. I... <laughs> Honestly, where where do they go? Where where do prophecies go when they die? Um, I I I kind of wonder if it's like one of those things where like you record it and then it's like so secret and crazy that you just fucking like destroy it, all the other copies of it or something. But kind you of, never know. Kind of like what I put in the outline, and someone dragged me and told me it wasn't Harry Potter. That was like, me. I know. <laughs> I literally just wrote. Uh, they can only be taken by the one who made them or who they're about. <laughs> but, like, that's as good of a fucking, like, I mean, that's as good of a theory as any, and we know fucking nothing. <laughs> it's just, like, the holocron is the hall of prophecy in Harry Potter. It's fine. It makes yep. no fucking sense, TM. Yeah. But, and here's where, like, here's kind of where I'm leading up to how do they even work? Because it does seem that it has some real-world applications 
when you look at the prophecy of the chosen one. Unfortunately. Because this is the first time... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just was literally saying, unfortunately, it has some real-world application. I know, right? This is the first time we've actually seen, officially, the wording from the Holocron of the prophecy of the chosen one. And it specifically says, through the chosen one, like through them, ultimate balance will be restored to the force. And there's a few things in there that I have questions about, just in that clause. <laughs> just a few. Just a few. So, first of all, through them could mean a lot of different things. It does. It could mean bring balance to. It could mean via their legacy or via their sacrifice, balance is brought to. That is extremely ambiguous as to what that means and two ultimate balance feels a lot more final than balance like brings balance to the force seems like a one-time event ultimate balance feels like it should be longer than 30 years and we know that the force is out of balance again by the force awakens or before the force awakens kylo sets it out of balance fucker <laughs> also like how does the space moose fit into all of this is my yes that's but my always question so putting my tinfoil hat on <laughs> jeez what if anakin's not the chosen one I mean, we've already... or luke right i was gonna say we've already had that i mean we've already had a little bit of a debate about that with the rebels like people like fucking star wars twitter fucking exploded like what the fuck does it mean but that's true. Obi-Wan does not think Anakin is the chosen one. He thinks it's Luke. But what if neither of them is the chosen one? Because neither of them... I mean, maybe Force Ghost Luke brings balance, brings ultimate balance to the Force in Rise of Skywalker. But it seems unlikely at this point. Like, what if we haven't encountered the chosen one yet? What if it's Rey and they're... No, I don't know. She has parents. They're bad. I mean, it's it's Ray because JJ wanted her to be a Skywalker, but whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, it is. A, I mean, the answer the answer is E. There's not enough information to <laughs> 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 uh, to solve the equation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Kate, if you give your kids multiple choice quizzes, don't make there be an E. That's too many choices. They're not getting multiple choice quizzes. They're getting Essay write quizzes. a poem and don't make it shitty. Oh, that's good. That's a good quiz. <laughs> don't make them memorize things. So it's really hard for some of us. Re really? Hey, I, I had to do that, obviously, as an English minor. And, like, it was panic attack inducing. So, like. Oh, God. It's, I just don't think it's fair. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Just, tell, just telling you. Kristen soapbox for the day. I respect That's Kristen that. soapbox for the day. Don't make people memorize things. Kristen, Kristen soapbox for the day. What the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um. Speaking of uh. Speaking of speaking of speaking of what the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is a dark Jedi? Because that uh, shit got mentioned, I and I was know. like, the hell is this? I was so I was like legitimately so mad that that was in there so dark jedi has history in legends um i don't really know 
I haven't read enough legends to know what the difference between a Sith and a Darth Jedi is, or if it's just that they didn't use the term Sith because it wasn't widely circulated. I don't know. Somebody who knows legends, feel free to enlighten me there. But I think I've gone on my... a slur. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I've gone on my Grey Jedi rant on this podcast before. Grey Jedi are not a thing. Dark Jedi are not a thing. The Jedi are an organization, not an ideology. Okay. The so <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that like Dark Jedi is some sort of historical term where a specific group actually called themselves Dark Jedi. That's that's how I'm justifying it to myself. And I will not hear any arguments. Well, it sounds God. like the data that Dark Jedi was really fucked up. So Yeah. That's what I took away from it. All right, and that takes us to the end of this Book Wars Pod classic episode, the original cast. Aww. I was going to say got the band back together, but the band's, the band's been together. We're still not burp. The band is a trash fire, as always. <laughs> original <laughs> trash fire. The trash fire that everybody knows was bad, but you have nostalgia for. Uh, Thank you for listening. Next episode, we're going to be finishing up Master and Apprentice, reading chapter 26 to the end. Uh, In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, at BookWorstPod. Email us, BookWorstPod at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It is the best uh, way for people to discover the shows the best way for us to grow our audience so we really do hope that you'll leave us a rating and a review if you have the means and you're so inclined please donate to the tashi station radio patreon and give us coffee at ko ko fi.com slash bookworspod uh you'll notice that we posted a video of pork chop rampaging uh angrily across a star wars legion play field this week that is courtesy of an incredibly generous coffee donation from daniel uh, at ty underscore dandy on instagram Uh, i don't remember you on twitter at the moment daniel but he's you can find him he's great uh and he is the reason why you guys got pork chop content so if you like that there's more where that came from give us coffee thank you our theme song is was banged by poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joby terra design Thank you so much for listening to episode 98 of the Book Wars Pod. For Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you next week. Meow. Chris, you're still muted as you're talking. No, but I'm not on that. You're not on what? I'm plugged into that. Uh. So, like, the fact that you can hear me means it's recording. Yes.